Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. It's time for us to go all Old Testament on the ass of a book. That book in question is our latest dive into the foul underbelly of D20 supplements. It's Testament, role-playing in the biblical era. And then Jeff said, let there be theme music. We've been driving around from one end of this town to the other and back. But no one's ever seen us driving our Econoline van. And no one's ever heard of our band. We're the Mesopotamians. Sargon, Hammurabi, Ashurbanipal, Pal, and Gilgamesh. And they wouldn't understand the word. And Jeff looked upon his theme music, and it was good. Very nice. Hi, everybody. Welcome to System Mastery. I'm Jeff, and as always, John's here with me. As always, forever and always. Oh, yeah, we're never going to stop. We can't stop, and we won't stop. (laughs) We can't, 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 can't stop the show. (laughs) Because we can, can, can. How many other other songs can we do with this? Come on. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we could do a few more at least. (laughs) Just a couple. Yeah. All right, so uh, this week we are reviewing... Testament, role-playing in the biblical era. A game that's come out for a variety of systems, but the one that I could find at a local store was the D20 variation. Yeah, which I think I'm both excited about and disappointed in because on one hand, I I enjoy finding the new systems and seeing how people do that, so I'm kind of disappointed that it isn't some weird system we haven't seen before. But on the other hand... I love watching people try to cram their idea into a uh, OGL license. Yeah, and I love doing OGL books because it's like a it's like a bye week for me. It's like when it's my turn to read the book, I'm like, all right, I already know all these rules. Let's just move right along to the dumb shit. Yeah, it's so much simpler. I mean, granted, it does mean that you have to read the entire book from cover to cover because there's going to be some stuff in there that you've never seen before. They're, they're, you have to find the devil in the details, which in this book, by the way, the devil is in a lot of the details. Yeah, also in hell. <laughs> In the, in the hidden world, or whatever it is they keep calling it. The world, the, the other world. The hidden. The hidden, yeah. The upside down, if you will. Ha <laughs> ha! Stranger Things. Hey, that's a great show. I just finished episode five or six of it. I'm really enjoying it. Ooh, I finished it, and it's amazing. Yeah. Everything's wonderful. It's just, the music is so amazing on that show. Well, given that I am a huge John Carpenter, Casio Virtuoso fan. Right? The, the guy is just a, a, I'm, I know it's not John Carpenter, but they really did capture his essence on that show. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, whenever you read interviews about the show or whatever, they're like, oh, uh, it's basically Steven Spielberg. It's it's old Spielberg shows or, or uh, movies. This is amazing. And I'm like, no, this is so much more than that. Yeah, this, this- is Stephen King wrote a story, and then John Carpenter did all the uh, music and then did... All of their environmental effects. Yeah, and Steven Spielberg basically did the casting. Yeah, he cast it and then directed it. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. Great show on Netflix. Anyway, that was a huge diversion. Anyway, if you haven't watched Stranger Things, do it. (laughs) All right, let's get back to the show. Stranger Things. All right, so anyway, on this week's Stranger Things... (laughs) <laughs> oh, dude, we should totally do that. We'll make a companion podcast where we just review St- Stranger Things episode by episode. Yeah, <laughs> there will be eight episodes, and then we'll be done. <laughs> and then we'll go back and do it again forever. Except we'll do it by the minute that time. No, we'll just keep going and shortening it down. We'll do half the episode, and then a quarter of the episode. <laughs> uh, this week on one second of Stranger Things, it's that logo. Boy, that sure is a red logo. Man, join us next week. <laughs> 
All right, so Testament role-playing in the biblical era is exactly what it says on the tin. It's a set of rules for playing in the time before Christ, which honestly was the first element of disappointment for me when reading through this collection of uh, rules and supplementals, is that it, it doesn't have any Jesus in it. It's all before him. This well, is yeah, all Old Testament. I know. You have to wait until the second edition of the game <laughs> called New Testament. All right, I can see that. This is just Testament. We're waiting for New Testament. Yeah, in New gonna... Testament, you can uh, you can play in the later times. Uh, mostly, though, you're just playing as a put-upon Christian and probably going to get eaten by lions. Look, I tried playing New Testament, and I complained about how it was way too sweet until they brought back Testament Classic. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with Crystal Testament. <laughs> the Testament that lets you see your meat. <laughs> Okay, so basically, there are four races that you can play in this game. Although they don't really have stat modification, they're, yeah, they're all humans. Yeah, they're not races so much as just where you can be from. Yeah, they're regions from which you can be. They don't modify your stats or your your starting package in any way. All they do is control what classes you can be, and then a lot of stuff about which gods you're supposed to worship and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, I mean. Whatever. Maybe someone listening to this doesn't know how D&D works. So I'll just give you a quick rundown on the OGL. Okay, sure. Fire uh, away. So uh, if you want more than just this, you can always listen to... We did the D20 Modern. We did EverQuest. We did a few different uh, OGL-type games. That's true. We've done more than one. So Aberrant. Yeah, you can yeah. go ahead and listen to those. I Probably, I think, D20 Modern is where we get the most into it. Yeah. For the actual system. But mm -hmm. you get the same stats from D&D. &D. You get your strength and constitution and dexterity, and then your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. You got Think some hit points. You got an armor class. Yeah. Your stuff's going to be between 3 and 18. That gives you a bonus or a penalty. You've got your armor class for getting hit. You've got defenses for fort and reflex so you don't get random spells on you. That's correct. The saving throws in this system are that you... Uh, uh, yeah, you make Fort Reflex and Will saves. You roll the saves. Yeah. As opposed to 4th edition where they just become additional armor classes. Yep. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, there's that. You got levels 1 to 20, and in your levels you're going to get your attack bonus will go up at some point. You all get hit dice per level, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and depending on what your class is, it'll be a different amount. Yep, and you know what all the classes are already from from history. You know about fighter, wizard, cleric, rogue, barbarian, druid, paladin, bard, and maybe monk if you're feeling into it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's third edition, so yeah, may as well. Yeah, that's right. That one was the one that had monk and barbarian out the gate. Yeah, and and sorcerer. Yeah, it had. Oh, it introduced the sorcerer. You're right. Third yeah. edition did that. Although this book throws all that shit out the window. Yeah, well. It allows you to be a lot of the base classes, depending on where you're from. Yes. So uh, if you are from anywhere, you can, of course, be a fighter. Mm -hmm. they, you know, anyone can be a fighter. Oh, where are the places you can be from? So you can be, as you are most likely supposed to be in this game, you can be an Israelite. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to be sort of the main protagonists in this and what has the most information, you can do that. Yeah, I, I believe I remember something about how... Uh how Joseph gave refuse to the Israelites. Yeah. So that yeah, good job. <laughs> Callbacks. <laughs> Listen to our old shows. <laughs> Listen to a really old afterthought. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> So you get the Israelites. You can be the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. uh, you can be the Babylonians. Yeah, you can be a Babylonian. 
or the Mesopotamians. Yeah, well, those two are wrapped up into the same thing. Yeah, it's Slash. Yeah. <laughs> Have you read my Babylonian Mesopotamian Slash? <laughs> it's it's real dusty at this point, but boy, back in the day, it was it was just all clay. Oh man, yeah, dude, it was so hot, it was melting those clay tablets. <laughs> oh, so many curly beards. <laughs> So, uh, and then the last thing you can be is a Canaanite, which, you know, if you know anything about the Bible and all of the various stories in the Old Testament, uh, the Canaanites are sort of just screwed at all times. Like, they end up being, uh, like, main villains for a couple stories, mostly because God was like, oh, you see that place where the, the Canaanites are? Yeah. Yeah, that's your uh, that's your promised land. Anyway, go murder them and take it. Yeah, the Canaanites are like random video game NPCs most of the time. They're just sort of idly wandering around in the neighborhood they're in. I think if you walk up to any one of them and say, like, hey, man, what's up? He'll be like, I'm a Canaanite. I like swords. <laughs> I hear Joshua is outside the walls. <laughs> Isn't the Bronze Age fantastic? <laughs> and then uh, if you press A again, they just say the same thing. Yeah. So... <laughs> So those are where you can be from, and of course, all of them have the different classes you can be, some a little more restrictive than others for what you can be, and especially because uh, I think for uh, Israelites, you can't be an arcane spellcaster. No, that's deeply unpious. The the, the, the lord of, Is- or of the Israelites, which is the way they say God in this book. Yeah, they have a brief sidebar about Yahweh, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, some people would write it like this, and some people would write it like that. Some people would write it with a wiffle ball bet. Oh, yeah. my God. I was just thinking <laughs> that you were about to start into that. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's exactly what I was going to do. Oh, so Lord. It, uh, it has a whole bunch of stuff about the, uh, like, how back in the day... You weren't supposed to say the name unless you were, like, a super holy priest, and then you'd only say it when everyone else was making a whole bunch of ruckus on high holy days so that no one else could hear it as well. And it was it was a very interesting read, but they're like, and because of that, we are only going to refer to uh, Yahweh as the God of the Israelites. Yeah, now all these other religions that you can play as, ra- uh, like, members of, they probably also had rules about when you're allowed to say their gods' names and so on, but, you know, fuck it. Yeah. Whatever. Who you cares? Say Baal Zebub all you want. Who cares? Yeah, you know what? I don't think anyone <laughs> that uh, is going to worship Baal these days is going to care if you take his name in vain. <laughs> well, Baal's the good one. Baal Zebub. I mean, Baal just means the Lord. Yeah. So Baal was their main regular old guy god in the uh, in the Canaanite religions which which by the way are are very deeply presented in here. This is the most I've ever read about the religions of Canaan. Yeah, this is very much about the history of everyone. Yeah. Like it gives you a lot of history about like okay, what's going on with the Egyptians, what's going on with the Canaanites and and then about three times as much on what's up with the Israelites, mostly because it just sort of follows the book of Genesis from start to finish. Well, it just gives you like pretty much just the Torah. Yeah. As an entire section of this book. Yeah. And We're, then, of course, stats out everyone in it. Oh, my gosh. The stats are so dumb. Did you know, can you name anyone from the Old Testament listener? Did you know that they're level 20? Because they are. <laughs> All of them. Every, Every last one. one of them. It's, it leads to, I, I'm going to go ahead and do it here, my favorite stupid anecdote in this book, which is uh, David versus Goliath. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the famous story of David versus Goliath, where a scrappy upstart young kid goes out to fight a giant monster who shows up in town. And by giant monster, I just mean a really tall guy who's good at wrestling, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so it's like a little kid. It's like a short round had to go fight Macho Man Randy Savage. That's the... That's the historical story of what's happening. Except in this book, the giant is like a level 13 fighter, and David is like level 24. Yeah. He's like, oh, what do you got? Oh, I've got a whole bunch of classes in, like, paladin and fighter and... Levite priest. Yeah, I've just got a ton of levels. So he just walks outside and mops the floor with a guy who's like 12 uh, encounter difficulty levels below him. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's an allegory for uh, the little guy standing up to the strong. Except, wait, I did it wrong. Whoops, daisies. <laughs> uh, so the the other thing that is with uh, the thing in Testament when you're making your character is everyone has a flaw. Now this isn't the sort of merits and flaws flaw that you might be used to in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, your flaw is one of those like uh, biblical or mythical flaws in heroes. Yes. So no matter who you are, you have to have something that is your flaw. So whether it's I'm boastful or I'm hedonistic or whatever it happens to be. Most of them are that you are tempted towards one of the major sins. Well, yeah. So you're like, oh, I'm super covetous or I'm a drunkard or whatever you happen to be. I'm really into my neighbor's oxen. (laughs) Yes, I am into bestiality. (laughs) I'm just into them. I'm not into fucking them. I'm all up in them oxen. I just really like oxen and his oxen are the best oxen. Oh. They're huge. Huge oxen. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's going to be my next uh, actor that I'm going to be, is Hugh Oxen. <laughs> Hugh Oxen. Oh, Hugh Oxen. All right, I'm on board with that. That's fine. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, yeah, you have, to, you have to choose a flaw, and the flaws are all simple sin-type flaws. And uh, I assume that at that point, the DM is supposed to taunt you by putting things in front of you that will tempt your character towards impiety. Because, oh goodness, does this game ever have a piety system. Yeah, so one of the things they do, and you don't have to, although the game just assumes you will because so much of the game is built around it, Mm -hmm. but instead of doing an alignment saying, oh, I'm neutral good or I'm lawful evil or whatever, uh, you can instead do a piety system. And piety ranges basically anywhere. You can get positive or negative numbers. Yes. And... There is, of course, giant charts for what is and is not pious. Oh my gosh, so many. And they're, and they're really fun to talk about because a lot of them are just uh, the boiled down rules of sins from these four different cultures. But each of them has their own chart because mm-hmm. each one has things that they find to be particularly good and this is how you should be living your life. And then certain degrees for... Like, okay, well, how bad is murder? Okay, well, in this one, if you're murdering someone, but they were kind of a dick, then it's only like minus three piety. Whereas in this one, if you murder someone, no matter what, it's minus five and that sort of thing. Yeah, like, for example, Egyptians murder is like, are they better than you? Then it's really bad. Are they worse than you? And it doesn't matter. Yeah. What did you do? Oh, I murdered some guy and he sucked and I'm awesome. Great. Good job. Yeah, where with Israelites, it's like, no, you can't murder anyone anytime. Also, I thought this was kind of interesting. This game has to follow the OGL's model of being, like, uh, gender egalitarian. So you have to be able to play as a male or female of anything in the game. And the book's art even reflects that with pictures of, like, female Israelite priests and so on. Uh, But 
there also is a sidebar in the book about uh, the concept of uncleanliness. Yep, there certainly is, including the the whole bit in the in a chart that describes the amount of impiety you get for touching someone who's on their period and so on. Oh yeah, well, also I love the the sidebar, which is how do you take care of being unclean? And all of it is just like, oh, did you like touch dead body? You're unclean. You need to go bathe in the river, and you'll be unclean for seven days. All right, did you have your period? Well, you're unclean for seven days. Did you touch someone while they're on your period? Okay, well, you need to bathe. Everything is just go bathe. Right. It's just all bathing all well, the time. You know what? It's probably a good idea to go take a bath every once in a while, right? That's, that is the only way that this society was like, how do we get people to stop being all stanky? I know. We'll just make it so everything makes you unclean but, and you have to bathe. I mean, that basically means that if you do decide to play as a female character and you don't just stay pregnant as often as possible... Although, granted, having children makes you wicked unclean. Wicked unclean. It's ridi- hella unclean, if, <laughs> if I may. Yeah, it makes you totes unclean. Oh, it's just getting worse. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you can't. You literally giving birth to a boy makes you less unclean than giving birth to a girl. That's the kind of rule that you'll find in this hot take of a book. Woo! Because this book is way more concerned with the historicity. Mm. Of the Bible than it is in making cool adventures in Bible-like times. It's so true. I think you were telling me earlier that you were basically thinking that this book was like furry pirates. Oh, yeah. It's someone who was like, oh, I have a super hard-on for one particular point in history, Mm -hmm. and I've decided to make a game so that I can write about it. Yeah. Because this book is half of just, let me tell you about what things were like if you were a Canaanite. Yeah, and then the rest is feats and classes that don't do anything in the context of actually trying to play a role-playing game. Yeah. For example, would you enjoy the farmer feat, which, which I can't make this up, guarantees that your oxen are of sacrificial quality. That's, nice. That's what the feat does. Oh, I'm also taking your, that feat. Also, your, I think your land is always at least arable. Oh, well, it moves your land up one. Oh, that's okay. It moves your land up so one. So if it was barren, now it's arable. If yeah. it was arable, now it's fertile. <laughs> that's what this feat does. Good job, everyone. You straight up had a farmer feat. And, and that's not even the worst feat. No, it isn't. We no. will get to that, though. Let's, let's do that. We got to talk about the classes at some point, don't we? Yeah. So you have your selection of some of... The classes from the main book. Mm-hmm. What's very uh, notable about this is no one is allowed to be a wizard. So there is no wizard supremacy in Testament because no one is allowed to be one. That's true. No wizards allowed. There are arcane casters. Some people can get sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And there is an Egyptian version of a wizard that just sucks. But yes. it's actually even more like a Egyptian sorcerer that sucks. Yeah, because your spells come naturally from something. Or from astrology, because you're playing as a carry heb or a star watcher. Yeah, well, yeah. you got to, like, eat scrolls and shit. <laughs> eat scrolls and shit lightning. <laughs> Hell yeah, buddy. I'm a carry heb. I don't know why all of a sudden every Egyptian spellcaster is just as redneck as possible. But I'm just imagining, like... Some guy with one of those big, like, pharaoh hats that says no fat chicks on it. And he's just in a chariot, like, woo, for throwing some, a beer out the window. For some reason, still wearing, like, American pa- uh, American flag Zubas. <laughs> <laughs> Driving up to some poor Canaanite. Hey, you, I eat little pieces of spells like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat little pieces of spells for breakfast? No. <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, I'm just I can't I can't stop thinking of a guy riding in a chariot and the back of his shirt says, "If you can read this, the bitch fell off." <laughs> All right, so Egyptians are the rednecks of antiquity. We made we've made our decision. <laughs> yep, apparently <laughs> it happened. If you're wondering, that's that's two for us now. Dwarves have Italian <laughs> accents, and Egyptians <laughs> Egyptians are rednecks. Great, love it. <laughs> Prove us wrong. <laughs> All these Israelites coming in here taking all my jobs. <laughs> if you can't learn to speak one of our 17 different languages, then get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to get buried with a beer koozie. <laughs> I got all my learning from Thoth. I don't need nothing else. <laughs> well, so in addition to that, uh, most of the people, like I said, you can be a fighter. Most people can be a cleric, mm-hmm. uh, except for Israelites. Because Israelites is... don't get cleric, they get Levite priest. Oh, yeah. So uh, the Levite, well, the Levite clan was sort of the priest ones of the 12 different tribes. I believe that's an is. I think Levites are still a thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, moving on. So the Levites were all about being like, we are the keepers of all the religion. Yes, they're the knowledge guys. They're always a little more spiritual. I think it's because they're descended from, uh, they're all, aren't they all descended from Noah's various sons? Isn't that the whole thing? Well, it's the... Is it Moses's? No, it's the 12 sons of uh, Jacob. Oh, thank you, Jacob. Okay, good. You're, you're way better at biblical history than I well, am. Well, that's probably because I have way more of a history in it. Being being that my dad is a priest. I mean, granted. Is he? I thought he was a... He's a pastor. Thank you. I thought he was something different. I, Levite P- priest threw me a little bit when I first read this, because I was like, shouldn't these be rabbis? Eh. But no, probably not. I'm, I'm guessing rabbi probably came a lot later. Yeah, well, I mean, considering that's just teacher. Yeah. Like, eh, you know. Fair enough. Okay, well, anyway, the Levite priest class is garbage. It is just a shit cleric. It is awful. Yeah. You get... Okay. So your hit dice is a D6 instead of a D8. Yeah. You cannot wear any actual heavy armor. Right. So you don't get shields either. So all the stuff that you used to be as a cool battle cleric, you don't get. Right. Uh, And then your spells are, you get a domain spell and then, you know, your one other spell per day. Yeah. And the domains are things like fertility and desert. Well, yeah. I mean, well, if you're... With the God of the Israelites, then you get uh, stuff like the good and law and heaven and so on. Heaven's the new one. Heaven's yeah. one of the new domains in here. But he also gives strength, which is interesting to me, that they gave the strength domain to the God of the Israelites. You know, it's not that weird to me, given that almost every story is uh, uh, from the Israelites is about some dude who's way stronger than he ought to be. Yeah. So. So the uh, your special abilities... You no longer get turn undead. Instead, you can turn or rebuke the demon-possessed. Right. Which is fine, because there's more of those in in this world, unless you're playing in Egypt. And then it's just mummies. Mummies alive! (laughs) So, your other abilities that you get at levels are, you eventually get some arcane spell resistance. Mm -hmm. That's sort of neat. Hooray, so there's very few arcane casters. Yeah. Uh, you get protection from serpents and speak with serpents. Okay, again, that is very clearly just because of fucking Aaron. Yeah. That's all that is. That's just, hey, remember this one guy mentioned in the Bible? Let's give him one of his powers to every Levite priest. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you get to level eight. Uh, yeah. Ooh, geez, that's, ooh, geez. That's some work. And then at level 10, 
you get Scribe Torah Scroll. <laughs> now, this this takes two D six months okay, to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it can take up to a year to make this Torah scroll. Mm-hmm. It weighs twenty five pounds, mm-hmm. and if it takes a hit point of damage, even one. It completely loses all of its power mm-hmm. and can never get it back. <laughs> and, and what manner of amazing power do you get for having crafted one of these things over a year? Uh, you get like a small bonus to your casting. Yep. And that, that's basically it. That's, it's like a plus one effective caster level. Yeah, you can read from it and give like a bardic sort of bonus where you're like, oh, everyone gets a bless spell on them if I read from the Torah. You know what? I've seen copies of the Torah. I think I might even own one somewhere. None of them weigh 25 pounds. Oh, well, the good ones do. (laughs) The ones that take 2d6 months to make do. I guess they do. I feel like it just takes 2d6 months to come up with something heavy enough to make it weigh 25 pounds but still have it be carryable. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my Torah. It's a regular Torah, but I tied a 25-pound rock to it. And then... uh... (laughs) So my very favorite of the abilities of the Levite Priest is once you hit level 18, you can turn or rebuke dragons. <laughs> are there any dragons in Israelite mythology? Um, there maybe? are. In, there are in, in uh, Babylonian and Sumerian mythology. I know that. That is, that's a thing. But I, I mean, I mean it, you, but does it work on Leviathan, maybe? Is that what we're talking about here? I mean, I guess... Anytime they talk about, like, a great serpent, you could go, oh, I don't know, we'll just say that's a dragon. <laughs> sure. Sure, I guess that's close enough. Sure. Why not? Except that even by the time Levite priests pop up in Israelite culture, all the cool dragons died out during the flood a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Now, the thing with the Levite priest as well is not only are you just a worse cleric, because you also have a restricted spell list. Yes, very restricted. And... In order to cast any of your Levite spells, there is a difficulty associated with them that you have to roll. Yep, yep. To cast a spell, you have to try. And this isn't even like, oh, it's a concentration check because someone's fighting you in battle. They straight up say in this book, yeah, if you're a Levite priest, you should probably just not be on the battlefield. You should leave that to people who are used to that. You're more uh, around to help your town and lead people in prayer. Like Cut uh, foreskins off babies. It really, that. Grow big, long, curly things out of your forehead. Not horns, mind you. A little dangly. <laughs> Not horns, mind you. Mind you. You know, I don't. I can understand the confusion if you want to grow a big pair of curly Dranai horns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so All right. The uh, that that class is just just the saddest class. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Keta show of, of Ashira has a pretty oh, solid... Oh, that is true. ...pretty solid run for the money on that. I, I, I'm saying Keta show as if it's a French word. I'm pretty sure that's actually... Kedeshot. Kedeshot, yeah. Kedeshit. Yeah, Kesha it. So, okay, let's go through the other new classes to this book. So you get the Psalmist. So you remember the book of Psalms, right? Oh, yeah, that's the book that everyone always uses for, like, their uh, needlepoint practice. Yeah. You, you make yourself a little little piece of fabric that says some the cute little phrase on yeah, it. Yeah, you, you get a little pillow and it says, I sing a song unto the Lord, and then there you go. Yeah. So that is, in the same way Levite Priest is a crap cleric, the psalmist is a crap bard. Which is good, because third edition bards were, you know, just crazy powerful. Oh, yeah. You know that third edition bard was just out of control, so they needed to tone that down a little. Reel it in, for the love of God. <laughs> 
So oh. yeah, the psalmist is someone who can say psalms and speak poems and do public performances that can sort of entrance people around him. Yeah, I mean, you get your your various psalms that are your own like spells, yeah, basically. At least he, I'm pretty sure he gets a psalm of battle, which is something. Yeah, but, but you don't get the psalm of battle until you're like level 16. <laughs> so good luck with that. Have fun. Yeah, the, you don't even get a specific psalm of whatever until you're level 5. I can tell you, I haven't read the Bible in long enough now that I, when I hear psalms, I know it's the book of pithy little quotes. And so all I can do is picture things that like Benjamin Franklin said. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, no, yes, that's, psalms. That's uh, Proverbs. Proverbs is the is the pithy quotes, and then Psalms is the songs. Oh, it's it's cute little songs. Yeah, because I'm like Psalm one five, a stitch in time saves nine. Oh yeah, no, that's all Proverbs. All, Proverbs okay. is like, hey, don't get real drunk. And you're like, <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks Proverbs twenty, and I remember that one. Proverbs twenty, the don't get too drunk proverb. Yeah, I believe it's Proverbs twenty, beer before le- liquor, never been sicker. <laughs> Yeah, everyone remembers Proverb 12, bros before hoes, before the Lord. (laughs) Thou shalt consider bros. (laughs) Thou shalt have no other bros before me. Before hoes. Yeah, so... Okay. So there's also, uh, the Israelites get some prestige classes, Mm -hmm. which include the, uh, the champion of Israel. Yeah, that's basically what David was. Yeah, and champion of Israel is just essentially you're a fighter prestige class. You get like a mighty cleave, and you get your base attack bonus every level, and you get a bonus to strength, and so on. So Man, you know I, it's not bad. I was down at Hooters the other day, and I saw a mighty cleave. <laughs> hey now, <laughs> let me tell you, that guy killed two rats. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, well, how many people did he chop into? Uh, so you you also get judge. As a prestige class, which I was really happy to see, because when I was first talking about this with Jeff, I was like, oh, is one of the classes judge? Because if there isn't a judge class, I'm going to be real pissed off. Oh, no, there's a judge class. Don't you worry. And all it lets you do to start with, it is, of course, a prestige class. Yeah. But it lets you appraise person at level one. <laughs> Wait, is that a straight up their monetary value, or is it just sort of a, a general reading on what sort of a person it is? But can you, Or can you be like, man, that is really right. It's worth like five talents of jade or whatever the fuck yes because apparently they've been transported to exalted i couldn't think of what israelite money would be (laughs) uh just talents man just talents just talents okay what about obols no no okay what about oboes yes uboos (laughs) uboos look i'll give you i'll give you two goats and an ass for this (laughs) yeah give me that ass wait a minute is this an episode of Ass Talk? I think it is. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have mercy, how'd she even get them bitches on? That honky tonk, the donkey You know what the worst weapon is? Jawbone of an ass. Oh, dude, that is 100% accurate. Yeah. And and I remember Samson in, in the story being like so proud of his fucking jawbone of an ass as he lays waste to whatever the hell it was that was attacking him. Well, yeah. It's one of those things where he's like, dude, I don't even need a weapon. 
I'll beat you up with this jawbone. And then I'm like, dude, don't be a dick. Yeah, go get a real weapon. I mean, first of all, probably half the people you're fighting are also equipped with a jawbone of an ass. It was the weapon of the age. You couldn't throw the jawbone of an ass without hitting a bunch of jawbones of asses. Yeah. It was like the monetary system of ancient Israel. Was it, was, just- it was an ass jawbone based economy. <laughs> also, <laughs> while we're on the subject of Samson, that fucking riddle he gives is horseshit. He's like, out of the killer suite. I'm like, dude, you cannot give a riddle where the answer is some dead lion I saw with a beehive in him. That is a dick move. Dick move. It is. It's completely a dick move. A riddle that doesn't contain the answer in the initial lead-up question is bullshit. That's the whole point of a riddle, is that it's a weird phrasing of, an, of a thing that people can guess at what the phrasing was, not just, hey, guess what I saw. Oh, yeah. If I made up a riddle and I was like, hey, man, I, there was who guesses when... Light hits the dark, and there's a fallen uh, piece of pear. And you're like, what? And you're like, oh, no, I saw half a pear in the shade. Anyway, that was my riddle. Boop, boop, boop. Hey, John, what has four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs in the evening? Why, well, I, I don't know. This weird goat I found. There ought to be a law. Get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have mercy. How'd she even get them bridges on? That honky-tonk. All right, all right. Good episode of Ass Talk. Yeah, real good, real yeah, good. Yeah, we didn't stay on topic about asses as much as I was hoping. Well, you know, sometimes you drift a little. You know, I usually I am completely an ass man. I can just talk about asses all day, but, oh well, it just happens. Anyway, so, moving on. <laughs> so with all of these prestige classes, you get uh, judge and then prophet, I believe, is the other one. But with all of these, there's also a little sidebar at the end, which talks about being an X whatever. Oh yeah, if your piety score drops, it's just every single class in this game can fall like a paladin. Yep, all of them for the Israelites are all just, hey, did your piety drop to like zero? You're no longer whatever you were. Yeah, you suck now. Yep. Just another excuse, another hook by which the DM can grab and be a dick to you. So uh, the Egyptians get the only base class that they get that's new is the Keriheb. Yeah, which, which is we, their version of a sorcerer that's bad. Yeah, we talked about it briefly. It's powered by eating scrolls and doing astrology. Yeah, so they're all about that. And uh, they are interesting, but still not too good. Like, again, you'd be better off just being a straight-up sorcerer. Yeah, or if possible, a wizard. None of these classes are new classes that you'd want to bring into a regular existing D&D game. No. You do get an interesting one that's the prestige class for the Heb, which is the Ren Hakao, which is the true name caster. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting because it lets you do things like, oh, if you know the true name of someone, uh, you can cast one of these spells, but you don't need any, like, somatic or material components. You just do power words at people, essentially. Yeah, and one of the spells a Heb can get, actually more than one of the spells that a Heb can get, is compel true name, which is just a... Shoot the spell at someone and they have to tell you their true name? Yeah. It's just, hey man, what's your true name? And they're like, oh, Billy Bob. And you're like, oh, well, this is Egypt, so that makes sense. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> Billy Bob, but my friends call me Cooter. <laughs> my true name is Cooter. Uh, so, yeah, that one's at least sort of interesting. Again, but it's just a prestige class. So even as interesting as it is, it's still one of those I'm trading out getting better levels and something else for getting goofy things. Right, like, yeah, because oh it doesn't have the spell it doesn't have on level spell progression, does it? No, you get out of ten levels, you'd get plus three to your spell casting oh. level. 
This was designed by someone who knew nothing about 3rd edition D&D. Oh, yeah. It's basically every three levels you get plus one to your spellcasting level, which is so awful. Yeah. I mean, literally, that is prestige class 101 is all you do is check to see if it has full base cast or progression. If not, then no. Then you you done fucked up. Yeah, you goofed. I'm sorry. Whoops. Did you know that Mystic Theurge exists? <laughs> Boy, howdy do I. <laughs> all right. Okay, so uh, what else we got? That's and all then, there is for Egypt. Yeah, that's Egypt. Babylon gets the Magus of the Starry Host. That's oh, one of my favorites. The Magus of the Starry Host, which you would know is one of the three wise men. Yeah, this is the, oh, I've heard of one of the the Magi. Yeah. These Magi. Yeah, you got your Nebuchadnezzars and your... your uh, Come on. Uh, Balna- Come on. Balnazar? No, Balthazar. Wait, Balthazar. Balnazar is a demon from World of Warcraft. <laughs> And, uh, oh, hey, hang on, I can do this. You uh, got it. I know you've got this because you've played Chrono Trigger. I know, Melchior. There you go. Yeah, I, 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 I got all three of them, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yeah, right. no, you didn't. <laughs> I, you named Nebuchadnezzar, which was a king, not one of the Magus. <laughs> oh, What's the first one then? <laughs> this is Hammurabi. Yeah, there you go. Ashurbanipal. Sargon. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> The uh, Xerxes, <laughs> the Magus of the Starry Host, is the most infuriating caster class. I know, and so that's why I always just let Frog kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this one lets you, when you want to gain a new spell, you have to walk a one d six times a thousand miles. Well, you know, I would walk a thousand miles <laughs> to be the man who was coming home to you. Uh, to learn a spell. <laughs> to learn a spell. By the way, one of the things in this book that just fascinates me to no end is the really long random times and distances where it's like, hey, you've got this spell, hasten pregnancy. If you touch a pregnant woman, she'll give birth in 2D12 hours. And it's like, who's that helping? What what possible portion of the game storyline is going to hinge on whether you roll well on the give birth soon dice mechanic? <laughs> <laughs> Although I got to... I gotta love the idea that you roll like two hours and you just walk up to someone and you're like, hey, baby. And they're like, oh shit. Thinner. (laughs) Fatter. (laughs) Well, they have to be pregnant for the spell to work. But, uh, I mean, what if they were due in two hours and you cast the spell and roll a full day? Yeah. (laughs) That'd be great. They're they're currently giving birth and you're like, nope. Nope. (laughs) You just keep casting it on them forever. (laughs) Once once a day, stop by. Keep being pregnant. (laughs) Hey, you. No baby. Uh Uh-uh. I ain't having none of that. You're eating for two. Forever. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. So the Magus of the Starry Host has to walk to get their spells. They have to have a star in the sky that's their star. And when they stare at it, then they can memorize their spells again. So you better pick a star that's always in the sky. Because if it fades out for a couple of nights of the year, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. And and hopefully you're not one of those dipshits of the ancient world who thought that, like, Venus is a star. Uh. Because then you're going to pick it, and it's going to be gone all the time. One of my favorite things with them is, so you're at 18th level. You get your last cool power of being a Magus of the Starry Host. Do you know what you get? I do not remember. Why don't a you tell Magus us all? can build an observatory, minimum cost 50,000 gold, in the form of a small ziggurat. If spells are prepared from within the observatory, their DCs are raised by one. <laughs> God damn it, that's so dumb. Amazing. One? In addition, knowledge astrology rolls receive a plus two bonus. <laughs> That's it. 
That's your whole power. Keep if you spend mind- 50,000 GP and hang out in your ziggurat. Keep in mind at this point, your character has 22 ranks in astrology. Yeah. And he's like, I get a plus two. I'm at plus 24. But only if I'm in a ziggurat. <laughs> the one specific ziggurat. That one, not his. <laughs> It's so poorly written. <laughs> Everything is so awful in this it's, book. It's like, what's the point? What possible game are you going to play at where you're like, finally, I can build a ziggurat. I'll hang out in there and I'll look at the stars. Oh. Hey, are you guys going to go fight something? Can I bring my ziggurat? <laughs> it's not that much heavier than a Torah scroll. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, and then we can get to my favorite class in the book. Yes, the- we are finally at the Canaanite class. The Ketashot of Ashira. Which is a... Cultic prostitute. Yep, it is your holy whore. Yep. So in this book, they're basically bards. They are made super sexy, uh, and they get to do dances and seduction of, uh, effects and stuff like that. Yeah, so instead of songs, they get dances. Yes, and uh, they can they can dance to mesmerize or to inspire, that kind of thing. Uh, they, can all, they also get spells like, fuck a boy so that he's a man now. It's the best. <laughs> they have to have the qualifier virgin. Yeah. And they will lose that qualifier when the spell is cast. <laughs> uh, Does it work if you don't fuck them? Because that'd be a great way to ruin someone's day. Like, I want to take that, and then I want to take that metamagic feat that, that removes the somatic component. Still spell, I think it is. And then, and then just be like, hey, nerdlinger, still spell f- fucking. Uh, you're, you can't claim you're a virgin anymore. <laughs> you just get that shit quickened and still spelled, and you just walk around like, eh, 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 You guys will never lose your virginity in a good way. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so the Ketashot is basically supposed to represent the, you know, this is a very real practice in ancient Canaan, was that the temples all had cultic prostitutes in them, the the uh, le- leader of a local village would have to spend one night pretending that the prostitute is their wife, and it would do something to ensure a good harvest or whatever. Uh, they had rituals to to uh, for the passage into manhood. They had yearly holiday rituals. But uh, let's keep in mind that the standard of beauty and the standard of who should be a cultic prostitute wasn't what this book inspi- suggests, which is hot 90s gypsies. <laughs> yep, that is exactly what the art would lead you to believe in this. Yeah, you'd think, oh, it's uh, Esmeralda from that Hunchback of Notre Dame movie. Yep, that is what you would think a Ketashot would be. Yeah, the actual answer is that a Ketashot is a dude. And I, no, it's the other way around. Ketashots are girls, and Ketashim would be male cultic prostitutes, which would have been the popular ones because they would be a lot more common. The primary choice of Canaanites, uh, Ketashim and Ketashot, was deeply androgynous, transgender, or hermaphroditic people. That was the role that they ended up in because those people were considered closer to Ashira. Yeah. So instead of drawing that in the book, because that would have been, but my guess would be that the author knew that, but was like, "Ew, I'll just, I'll just draw a sexy gypsy." That, or he was like, "All right, I need you to give me uh, some art for a sacred prostitute," and the yeah, artist was like, "Say no more." I understand completely what you mean, Se- sexy prostitute. No, 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 sacred prostitute. I heard you. <laughs> I understand. I've got this. <laughs> Anyway, that class has the dumbest spells you have ever seen, and yeah, it's it, it, it it's so weird that it even comes with a little sidebar that's like, hey, yeah, so you may think it's weird and gross to have a character whose power is having sex with boys, but uh, it's not, so play the character. <laughs> Don't worry about it, it's fine. Yeah. Obviously, this person would go on adventures. 
Oh, of course they go on adventures. If there's one thing a prostitute whose job it is to live in a temple and have sex with the chief needs to do, it's go find dungeons and beat up snakes or whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever. That's what they do. Uh, so there's a bunch of other just sort of generally non-area-specific uh, like ones as well. Yeah. So you could be a spy, which is a crappy rogue. Yeah. Or you can be... Uh, there's a master charioteer. As oh yeah, that's a, a prestige yeah. class. Yeah, uh, there's the crazy de- desert hermit priest. Yeah, and the desert hermit is like a ranger for deserts. Yeah, with a lot more clericy spells, and I, I, it's like a dervish sort of class. Yeah, so all of that leads into there are new feats. Oh boy, feats don't fail me now. I hope there's some good ones. Yeah, so you can get uh, a bunch of ones like say I've got the dreamer feat. It lets me. St- Tell what my dreams mean. <laughs> you, you know, if I pass a DC 15 piety check, and then I'll get a vague idea of what it meant. Oh, yeah, those books got a lot of the old third edition, second edition. Like, you know what? Every book's ever done this. The augury-type spells where it's like, hey, DM, tell me what's going to happen in the future. Except, Aha, fuck you, Jerry. Except the thing is, that is a huge part of the biblical narrative yes. of, like, dream interpretation or prophecy and all of this is such a big part of it that they're like well we've got to have it represented here but it's all just augury spells and dream interpretation where you get like a commune with spirit spell once per month yeah astrology checks for the for the carry hebs and what have you so in addition to that you also get things like uh fertility dancer and you get a plus one bonus on your performed dance checks plus one to diplomacy checks when used for seduction, and a plus one bonus on profession farmer checks involving the fertility of animals and the land. Good. It just does a little something for everyone. And that's not even the only farmer feat. We already told you about the feat farmer, which makes your land arable and also makes it so that your animals are always of sacrificial quality. Oh, no. The herdsman gives you your sacrificial quality. Oh, I'm sorry. So the farmer feat literally does less than I thought. Yeah, it gives you plus two to farmer checks. Okay. Plus two to (laughs) farmer checks. And then... (laughs) God damn it. And then the herdsman one makes it so that your oxen are slightly better. And then, of course, there is... Your very favorite feat in here. Can I say it? You can finally say it. Slave owner. Yay, the slaveholder feat, which all it does is make it so that the Israelite slaves that you have, when you have the sabbatical year that normally they would be set free, they go, nah, I'm good. I'll stick around. I'm a happy slave. I got a good thing going here. (laughs) I'm the best slave ever. That's that's a feat in this book. Your slaves won't leave you when presented with the opportunity. Yeah, and it's not even a, like, oh, you get a plus three to, like, knowledge slaves in order to get them to stay. It's, no, they just stay. Okay, so if I'm the hugest dick in the world and I'm just constantly an asshole, then even though I'm that, I bought this feat and they'll stick around. Uh Uh-huh. Good. Uh, so and then, that's in the game. And and keep in mind that it doesn't really have a sidebar or anything that's like, hey, so uh, so we know that the concept of owning slaves is a, probably a bit of a delicate subject for you. And it, but it did happen in the biblical era. And, uh, you know, maybe you know, we, we're looking for more representation of what the era was actual like than trying to be uh, more of today's morality, so just know that that's how this is going to play. Yeah, that that would have been nice if that was in there. No, of course it isn't. Because so, the guy's just like, well, I'm a biblical scholar, so that's the only thing I'm writing about, and of course there were slaves, duh. Anyway. 
And of course, slaveholder is a feat that the game would need. Of course. <laughs> and then we get into mythic feats. Now, yeah. these are prefaced with, look, you might not allow these, and if you do, your GM should only let you have one. Oh, because they're so powerful. My goodness gracious, are they amazing. Let me let me just tell you real quick that uh, you can get something like, say, the Greater Rebuke, which is you can rebuke people of an enemy tribe or a, spe- a specific type of monster <laughs> that is a legendary foe of your god. So you can be like, oh, I can rebuke fucking Behemoth. Great. Yeah, I can <laughs> or I guess if you're if you're actually the god your god is the god of Israel, you could be like, look, I just straight up don't care for Israelites and I can rebuke them whenever I want. Cuz I, I having read now the full story of Moses's trials in the desert, I'm like, man, God just did not like Israelites. <laughs> well, it's real easy to see how like all of this is just, hey, we're lost in the desert. What do you know know where you're going, Moses? And he's like, uh, it's God. He wants you to wander. That's you guys. That's it's all plan. you, buddy. Yeah, keep eating that bread, buddy. I don't like this bread. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. God's going to send so many snakes now. <laughs> well, yeah. You, it's already people are like, oh, man, there's so many snakes in our camp. It's like, well, it's because you kept bitching about the bread. Now, that's how you get snakes. Look, just follow my lead on this. When God tells you to do a weird, crazy thing, you do it, like he fucking said, Simon says. Look, when God tells you to do my laundry, you do my laundry. <laughs> I love that book. Anyway. So, yeah. There's you, also a bunch of... Oh, give me give me a few more of the mythic feats. So you got the mythic feat of Sacrosanct. So you are a sinner, but you are under divine protection, a member of your own nation or religion who kills you under any circumstance, incurs seven times the normal negative piety for murder. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad I spent a feed on that so when my character is dead, some guy who killed me is less pious. <laughs> oh, sorry. You were killed by a monster. Who cares? Oh, the doesn't end. matter. Whoops-a-daisies. <laughs> you died of old age. <laughs> uh, yep. So and there's a lot of things in here that cost XP to do as well. Yes. Like, even the feats are like, oh, you get a blessing, but it costs you 100 XP every time you use it. You're yeah. like, ugh. There's also a ton of feats in here that are specifically for this game's bolted-in mass combat system. Which is the other thing that is in here that is not in your standard OGL. Yeah. Which is a mass combat system, which is basically, there are three sides. There's a left, center, and right side in any army. Mm -hmm. They line up against each other and fight. Yeah, and then each unit in the army is treated as an individual monster with a certain number of hit points. Oh yeah, so you're like, okay, the center is... Its own thing. This is the AC for the center. This is its hit points. Yeah, if you hit it enough, then all of a sudden the center cannot hold. Yeah, and then uh, things fall apart. Yeah, and yeah. constantly widening gyre. <laughs> uh, excellent. <sighs> so, yeah, and then... There's way better references there than our usual, like, rec X and effects references and what have you. Right? Yeah, that was, that was some deep-cut literature. Good. Good for us. You're welcome, Internet. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then you get captains on any side, and those are sort of what your PCs are going to be doing. So instead of just attacking with the blob, you can do your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also means 
You do attacks. way less damage. Well, yeah, you do like one-tenth of your normal damage. Which is why there's a five-feet chain of you do more and more and more damage to armies when you're fighting with them alone. Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of battlefield feats that are like, oh, you're not as shit as a dude. Yeah, instead of doing one-tenth damage, you do one-eighth damage, and Ooh. then one-fifth, and then one... I think it goes to one-third, and then to get to the one where it's one-half, it's a mythic feat. Yeah. So you're like, oh, you're amazing. You can stand against an army by yourself. Yeah. But uh, the the ones with those are interesting just because they have different ways that you can do that. So if you want, you can be like, okay, uh, you can represent hit points as a one-to-one. The amount of people is how many hit points. Mm-hmm. Or you can go like, all right, well, we're doing a heroic version of it. So every 50 people is one hit point. Right. Or you can do the mythic version where it's every thousand people is one hit point. So you're like, I have an army of 5,000. They have five hit points. Which is kind of fun, honestly. Oh, that's hilarious. Because then yeah. you're, your caster's like, I will fireball them. They are dead. Yeah. <laughs> you killed 5,000 people with a fireball. All right. The monsters in this book and the and the magic items. We got we to gotta wrap this bad boy up. So there are... There's a little section of monsters, and it's split up by culture. Yeah. Which means that there are about 12 pages of Israel monsters, and then one page each of the other three. That was the most disappointing thing to me, that the only is Egyptian monster in this book is, like, scarab beetles or something. <laughs> and that was it. Literally it. I, I was expecting some cool Egyptian, like, you know, doghead sand soldiers or something. Nope. Nothing. But if you want, were wondering about the stats of angels, don't worry, because the God of Israel's got you covered with some ludicrous CR-23 mega monsters that will instantly kill you. Oh, yeah. They've got a ton of at-will abilities that just wreck your shit, yeah. as well as spell-like abilities of, I cast a lightning spell that you have to make a piety check, and if you don't make it, you die. And if you do make it, you're probably dead anyway. Anyway, take, lol, I'm an angel. Yeah, because you take like 15d6 lightning damage with a little sidebar that points out that the lightning damage cannot be resisted by electricity resistance. Yeah, they're like, oh, I don't care if you have immunity to electricity, this still hurts you. And you're like, oh, great, thanks. Fucking whatever. The lowest CR of any monster in this book is like 13. Oh, yeah. It's like, they have stats for all of these different things, and I think the only thing you could fight as a dude is like a cow. Yeah. They have stats for cow, yeah. and you're like, oh, good, I could fight that guy. And then it, it even points out, like, what should you be fighting in this world? Oh, humans. You're oh, just, injustice. You're just going to be... <laughs> hunger. The, the need for sexual relations. <laughs> you should be fighting against impiety. <laughs> but in the meantime, here's the stats for, like, weird winged-headed monsters from, from Babylon. Yeah, here's the stats for a sin dragon. Okay. Yeah, that's the Babylonian Sin Dragon. The Leviathan and the Behemoth both get stat bars. Yep. Um, All of this shit will just fuck you up forever because you're playing one of the dumb shit classes from the start of the book. Where even if you were like, dude, I'm a level 20 Levite priest. Like, okay, Behemoth shows up. He has an auto knock you down if you're within like... 50 miles of him or something. Oh, yeah. it's If he walks and you are anywhere near him, you are automatically knocked down. Okay. Good. Great. <laughs> Well, whatever. What were you going to do as a Levite priest anyway? I don't know. I'd reason with him. Sanctify him. Attempt to uh, attempt to raise the piety level of your community again. <laughs> Tell him how ashamed his mom is of him. <laughs> Disapprove of the prostitute that's in your party for some reason. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the, the monster manual in this, not super useful. Not useful in the slightest. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly just full of things that have straight up fuck you fiat style damage effects that for some reason again are statted out for no reason. This is a book where you have to roll a d6 times a thousand miles as if that fucking matters. 
But also, there's a whole bunch of monsters that are like, this spell does an irreducible 27d6 points of damage. It's like, just say it kills you. Just just man up, author. <laughs> just just take a fucking stand and say, this spell kills you. Don't make someone roll 80 dice. And, I mean, especially the one is in the uh, magic items, there is artifacts. Yes. And, of course, one of the artifacts you're going to get is the Ark of the Covenant. Of course. It, you're not going to get it because well, it's no. fucking dangerous as hell. But it is very famous for being sacred and... Yeah, and melting Nazi faces. Yeah, that's what it's most famous for, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Biblically, it's most famous for if you touch this and you aren't a priest that is currently ritually clean, you die, period. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's the story of the Ark was tipping over and some guy tried to save it from being, like, crashing down, and by touching it and holding it up to save it, he died. Mm -hmm. Like, God killed him because he's a petty dick. He's like, well, I well, said well, don't wait. touch it. Well, hang on. That dude was a petty dick? That's Then God probably did the right thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grammar. Oh, grammar. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure there's pronunciation is grammar. Uh, excuse me? It's graphical. Grammar. <laughs> it's graphical grammar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's going into my monster manual. The graphical grammar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Razor sharp guard hairs. <laughs> Oh, you went dirty with it. Of course I went dirty with it. I was just thinking about, like, a big ram. Okay, <laughs> after that pointless monster manual section, there is the basically the story of Moses. I mean, sure, it talks a little bit about Cain and Abel and Joshua and David and so on, but then there's, like, 40 pages dedicated to what's up with Moses and his tribu tribunes in the desert. Oh, yeah, that's what a lot of the story is. Yeah. And then... You know, you get to see all of the stats for everyone as well. Oh, yeah. So if you want to know what uh, the stats for King Solomon were, well, great, you get them. He's a level 16 aristocrat, and also he's got a bunch of levels of Levite priest. <laughs> Whatever. He's got a real high wisdom. I bet you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I would love it if he had an average wisdom. Yeah, his wisdom is like 10. You're I like, mean, huh. honestly, he wasn't all that. What's the one thing everyone remembers him for? Offering to cut a baby in half? Hey man, that shit was rad at the time. Everyone was into it. <laughs> that was that was advanced science at the time. It was like, dude, that guy was gonna cut a baby in half. I don't want to fuck with that guy. He's crazy. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's see. We should probably wrap this one up, John. All right, fine. What would you say is your favorite thing about Testament role playing in the biblical era? D twenty. Oh God. Okay. So the best thing in this. I want to say I am interested to see that they at least tried to work what I assume was their mass combat system from a previous edition into the OGL. Yeah. I haven't really seen anyone try and do OGL mass combat very much. I actually find it to be fairly common. It's been interesting that we've managed to dodge it th thus far. Yeah, none of the stuff that we've looked at has done that. Yeah. And so I think they're, the way that they do it is, I mean, it's clunky, but then it's... An OGL translation, so... It's easily the cleanest part of this book. Yeah, it's... If you take out the PCs, it works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's remarkably simple for the rest of this nonsense book, which is basically just how to write D20 poorly, the book. Yeah. Like, D20 is already pretty much a broken system. It's very easy to write overpowered shit. If someone's already written everything that's good about it, 
Uh, but it's not a hard template to follow if you want to write something fairly playable in the system. And the thing is, it would have been fine if they had been like, oh yeah, we rewrote every class, you're not allowed to be anything from the base book, you have to be stuff from here. Yeah. Then you go, alright, well everyone sucks, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But when you go, alright man, you can be one of these crap classes, or something from the main book. Just play a regular cleric. Yeah, okay, great, I'll do that, I'll be so good. Yeah, I'll be the best person in the game by a country mile. Yeah. I mean, granted, you are going to have to carry Bronze Age weapons and armor. Oh, yeah, there is nothing above a plus five in armor. Yeah. I do. I think one of the feats you can take is I know what steel is, or no, what iron is. Yeah, it's, oh man, I figured out how to do iron stuff, I'm rad. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right, so uh, there you go. Your so favorite that's my thing favorite. Is- Yours? Uh, let's see. I think my favorite thing in this book is probably the monster manual section. I don't mean it's useful. I just mean it's an interesting part to read. Okay. Yeah. There were some interesting monsters in there that I had not heard of previously. I was surprised he decided to go with the angels by their, uh, kind of antique or like Renaissance version where they're all just naked baby monsters as opposed to their pre-Renaissance where they were like wings and chariots and feet and stuff. (laughs) Well, I don't think we really get a stat for like an Ophelim or anything where it's like, what is this? Oh, it's seven wings and a wheel. And you're like, oh, come on. I'm pretty sure that the uh, the cherubim is described as some gross nonsense as well and not just a floaty baby. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, in this one, it's mostly just a weird a, animal-headed winged monster. It's a tiny little man with an animal head. I don't think that's right. I'm pretty sure it's a bunch of feet and scales. I think it's... <laughs> Well, it's because anytime someone describes an angel in the Bible, it's, okay, so I just took a bunch of acid, and let me tell you what I saw. Look, I saw a chair with 16 human feet. (laughs) Pretty sure it was a dude. Also, that's my fetish. (laughs) Biblical Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Uh, Make make angels out of feet. (laughs) There's your in-joke, people. Look that up. There you go. We did it. You wanted it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was your least favorite thing in this book? Uh, okay. Least favorite thing in this book is... I'm going to go with the spells. The spells in this book... <laughs> so dumb. ...that are the, like... Here are the spells that we made for this book are all useless. <laughs> yeah, they're all shit like, uh, you can improve the piety of a neighborhood by one, but it will fall off after three three rain cycles and... Yeah, all of it. And the weird thing about it is, like, stuff like that, oh, you make someone uh, fertile when they were barren before. You're like, okay, that is a level seven spell. You're like, what? I'm using a level seven spell slot so I can go up to someone who's like, I can't have babies and go, you can have babies. Now, it's not guaranteed you will. You just have the capability of doing it. It doesn't even say, yes, and now you're extra fertile or now you're pregnant. It's just, all right, you're not barren anymore. Bye. (laughs) If I if I want you to actually get a baby, now I need the level eight spell that makes you fertile. Yeah, there's also a whole bunch of spells that have like ludicrous failure chances for no reason, or crazy amounts of time inserted into them. Oh yeah, because some of them were like, oh, you have to cast this spell, and then you need to make a piety check to see if it even works. Yeah, and then you have to wait three d ten months, and then maybe something interesting will happen. Yeah, at the same time, you've got the guy who's playing the regular cleric, and he's just like, uh, I took uh. Just, like, bull strength, man. I don't know what you're doing. Also, one of the classes gets a spell, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's basically an augury that says, like, hey, if you do this sacrificial thing, then you can you can describe an event that, that you believe will occur in the future, and you have a 50-50 chance of it being right. Yay. A 50% chance. That's literally the same as someone who didn't cast the spell. <laughs> the, 
the best part for me is there is a spell in there, which is you can cast a an augury on a baby the first day that it is born, mm-hmm. and then you will get a vague sense of whether it will like live to be an adult or die early, if it will be great or normal, all of this stuff, and then says, this is a spell that should only be used by NPCs and cast on NPCs. Anyway, bye. Like, <laughs> why? Why did you have this? It's so pointless. Also, why? Why, can, why, why wouldn't a PC want to know if a baby's going to be cool? Yeah, you're like, oh, I, is, am I going to be around when this baby is like 30? Is that what this campaign is doing? Because I mean, otherwise, who cares? I mean, I, I understand your character's probably too busy being a slave-owning farmer who needs to spend this year building a book. But, <laughs> but uh, it probably just doesn't have time to go around touching babies and yeah. seeing if they're going to be magic. I can't, I can't take time out of my busy schedule to listen to a baby babble at me the first day it was born and go, hey, dude. Your baby's going to die. Anyway, have a good one. <laughs> I want to take that spell. I, actually, I don't want to take that spell. I just want to play a character in this game world who goes around telling people he cast it. <laughs> hey, let me see your baby. Uh, your baby's an idiot. Here you go. <laughs> let me see your baby. Your baby grows up to be racist. Bye. <laughs> well, yeah. Everybody grows up to be racist. It's ancient Canaan. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. That was my least favorite thing. The spells in this book are terrible. Your least favorite thing? Uh, God, I'm going to say the classes? Yeah, you may as well. Yeah, it's just something easy to say. There isn't a single class in this book that isn't bullshit. Just just useless garbage nonsense. And all it leads you to, con- that while you're reading through this, all you're thinking is, what game would I play? <laughs> like, what possible game would I play where you're like, all right, what are you doing? I'm the leader of a small village of Israelites, and... Oh no, there's rats in the corn. Uh, I'll roll to make sure that no one tells rumors about me. Yeah, the the book where, in the, the back of the book where it's talking about all the different eras, it, when you get to the era of judges in the Bible, they're like, this is the perfect place to set your PCs. Because during the judges era, like great people would rise and fall and there were a lot of uh, different people that were in charge and not everyone was known so they could really make a name for themselves and you know maybe just lead their community to piety and maybe they'll fend off an attack by the ammonites and you're like oh come on now what why Who, how does this game work you think this guy ever ran a game of his game i have to imagine he did at some point but it was all just like all right so, what are you going to do today? Uh, I, I guess I go to the temple and pray? Oh, oh, good choice. You gain one piety, but your farm suffers. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll have my slaves take care of the farm. Oh, you sure showed me. <laughs> one of your slaves begins telling rumors about you. Yeah, you're like, oh, what do you do today? Well, I guess I go tend the fields. Oh, well, you should have been paying attention, for it is the Sabbath. You appear to have lost piety. Oh, you are now an ex-priest. <laughs> Cripes. Anyway, I said my least favorite thing was the classes, but to me that's just because the classes in this game are nothing but an elaborate joke setup. Because if you do any kind of dungeon, you're going to be like, what well, walks into the dungeon? Well, a prostitute and a rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prostitute, a rabbi, and a guy who's looking at the stars. Yeah. A rabbi, an Egyptian, and a prostitute walk into a temple. <laughs> <laughs> they immediately all lose piety. <laughs> they lose piety every day for hanging around near each other. Uh, there you go. That's that's uh, my least favorite thing. John, would you play 
Uh, Testament D20. No. I would I would almost consider playing Testament in a different setting. Well, like an engine? Yeah, if this was I like in, the idea of it in a different no, setting. No, in a different setting. No. In, it's if Testament I was, in Spelljammer space. Look, if I was playing Testament, but we were in Planescape... And I wasn't one of the Testament classes. I would play Testament. Oh my god! If you had to play as like Borears and Tieflings invading the Testament world. Oh my god! It has a thing in there where it's like, oh, if you want to take this feat, you have to be like an Azamar, wow. because it's got some feat that specifically you are touched by the divine. Okay, fair enough. It also has a uh, template you can apply if you'd like to play as one of the Nephilim. Yeah, which is just you know giants. Be a big man. Yeah, feel like a big man now, aren't you, you <laughs> Nephilim? <laughs> Walking the earth, being all Nephilim-y. <laughs> Somehow surviving the flood. <laughs> Somehow on their big boats. <laughs> they just also built boats. Yeah. They're not dumb. <laughs> no, man. They just had big boats to begin with because they're big people. <laughs> they had big boats and they cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. They can. That's wait why a they minute. Died Hold out. on. <laughs> Some other cul- cultures can't deny. <laughs> <sighs> all right. So... Would I play this game? Would you? Uh, I'm going to play it under the same circumstances as you. If I can play as if I can play as some Burks from the Cage, then yeah, I'd, I'd accidentally portal into Testament space and be like, "Oh what the, my god, the shit is this nonsense!" You just walk around like, "What? What is happening?" Oh god! But you just walk into town and be like, "Hey everyone, I'm a regular wizard. I'm level seven, and they'd be like, "You are our god now." <laughs> Hey, do you happen to have any bulls? We've been hard up for stuff to worship for a couple of days because our, our... Hey, man, I've been left alone for about three days, and I've I've just been worshiping this salt and pepper shaker. So you could find me something cool to you, worship. You got a big brass bull because Lord knows I got to worship something. <laughs> I, I got the shakes, man. I got them real bad. The Israelites always worshiping random bullshit. Just, you leave an Israelite alone for a second. It's like <laughs> elves becoming new elves. You leave the Israelites alone for any amount of time, and they're like, Oh, you left me alone in this mountain, and I started worshiping the mountain. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> I got scared. And Moses comes back. He's so mad. He makes the the Israelites eat the mountain. <laughs> uh, oh, now we're, you, we're not th- going anywhere until you dig it out with a spoon. <laughs> you eat that entire mountain or no mana for you. <laughs> I think we're done. I think so. I think, I think we've probably pissed off everyone by now, so that's good. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Testament D20 episode of System Mastery. If uh, if after all that you want to hear more, you're in luck because we've got bonus content. We're going to make some characters. Oh, I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, that episode, the bonus content episode, will probably be a little late because uh, we have a, a tough vacation and, uh, and family schedule over the weekend. That's why this episode is releasing late. Uh, if we don't have time to get another episode done tonight, we will get it done in the next two or th- one or two days. But it will be there for you very soon. Fear not, noble listeners. In the meantime, you can support us at Patreon at uh, syst- or patreon.com slash systemmastery or visit us at systemmasterypodcast.com or email us or contact us via systemmastery at Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, or Reddit. We are now on Reddit. That's our new fun one. You can find us at all those locations. Give us ideas for games you'd like us to review. Yell at us about how mean we are to religious people. (laughs) You know what? I'm perfectly fine with religious people. I work at a religious organization. But uh, this book is dumb. (laughs) This book is real dumb. It's going to be another one of those Stormbringer things. Yeah. Except I've read the book this time. (laughs) Hey. All right. So, uh... 
Find us, contact us, let us know your questions you'd like us to ask on Afterthought episodes, your movies you think we should watch, all that stuff. You know how it works. Thanks so much for your support and for listening, and you have a blessed and holy week. We've been driving around from one end of this town to the other and back, but no one's ever seen.